everybody. Welcome back for another exciting episode of Psychic on the Scene. And as always, welcome to my lovely co-host, Michelle lyons Polito. Hey, everyone. And my other lovely co-host, D. Scott. Hey. The infamous <laughs> D. Scott, who's Ooh. always got our back. Um, and we have a really special guest tonight that I'm, I'm really excited Yes. to have on. I just told her that she in the business is iconic mm-hmm. and she kind of looked at me like I was out of my mind, but um, <laughs> in our circles, especially she is extremely well-known and well-loved. So I'm going to turn it over to Michelle to have Michelle do the intro for tonight's guest. Tonight we are honored to have the amazing Chick Owens on with us. And Chick is an emotional empath. Um, I asked her via email what do you what should I call you because it's very hard you know to call ourselves mm-hmm. something because we just do what we do and we do a right. little bit different for each person and uh chick is amazing she's read for me she's read for my mom and I've known you guys you and um she's married to, to Tim Owens who was the homeopath we had on um as so I've known you guys I think well Jack is going to be 27 so 26 years Wow. I've known you guys for. And it's, I was trying to figure that out. And I'm, I was thinking of what's around then because I remember, I think the first time I worked with you, I keep thinking Jack was maybe around six or something. Right. And we, where we live in the house we live in now, it'll be 20 years in March that we've lived here. Wow. You're and kidding you, me. You blessed, yeah, you blessed the house by coming and playing your pipes in front My of pipes. the house. Yeah, so wonderful. <laughs> it was great. I Gosh, love that. That's 20 and years ago? That's 20 years ago, Michelle. I can't believe yeah. that. Because I remember yeah. coming to your house on, it was Elder Street in Schenectady, right? Yeah, 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 in Schenectady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember being at um, Gracie, your cat Gracie gave me a big old love bite the first time I was there. (laughs) Uh, She was my favorite. So, Chick, tell us how you, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Tell us how you got started, Chick. That's a good question. Okay, how did I get started? This goes back a long time ago. You know, I was hanging out with the dinosaurs. Actually... Actually, it's not, I mean, how would you even describe it as started? I, mm. I was one of those children who was um, very religious, very, okay. um, I don't know. I always wanted an altar. I wanted my dolls mm. baptized. Uh, I, was, I was raised Episcopalian, and I always say it's a good thing I wasn't raised a Catholic. I just would probably have ended up a nun, you know? <laughs> and been miserable but uh, no the whole, the whole it's you know what it is it's this it's this priestess thing it's the thing mm. about ritual it's the thing about the sacred expressing itself through mm-hmm. aspects of form and um so you know collecting you know collecting stones and just i mean just it was one of those anyway uh when I was real so I'm a baby boomer and I grew up when I was pretty small in one of those GI housing uh places. Back after the war they had all these really cheap housing, this cheap housing available for hmm. for the guys. And so there were the little boxes, houses. And I was only one of two Protestant families on the street. And there was a little Catholic church at the end of the street. I wanna say immaculate conception which it perfect that it was mary anyway long story short all and there were children all over i mean it was a ton of us and they were all catholic and my best friend diane lived across the street and when she and her brother were making their first communion i remember being so just aching they were encouraged to have a mary in there she had a mary in her room she had uh and there, I never knew how to put a word to it. It wasn't until I was in my 20s and I started studying with my teacher that I, and, and, and you know, we're talking, when I was 15, I left the church and I was asking questions and getting into psychology and all different kinds of really, you know, everybody does that, you know, yeah. if you've got that thing to figure it out. And um, I was just getting ready to, st- I moved to New York City and I was just getting ready to start working with my teacher and I had been searching, searching questions and nothing, just nothing fit right, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
there were things about Buddhism that appealed. There were things about Christianity straight up that appealed, but nothing was the complete thing. And then someone put to me, well, have you ever thought about the goddess? And all of a sudden, that was it. (laughs) That was it. It was like, duh, you know? (laughs) I mean, my whole life, it was that, you know? It was her. It was that energy that was there. I've always been everybody's mother. It's the, the, the whole nurturing thing. And um, so, and I was very fortunate that uh, the teacher that I was, that I, that I uh, connected with um, is part of a, of of a tradition. So uh, not, not to, to um, age you at all, but when you were studying and exactly what were you studying around what year was that? Because all that stuff back then, Chick was on the down low. I mean, you hit it. (laughs) Yeah, some of it was. Actually, yeah, some of it was. Although when I was 16, I started studying tarot on my own, and I was reading about Mm -hmm. astrology. My mom was really open to stuff, and my dad was too. They actually ultimately left the church and got involved with unity. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, wow. My my grandmother used to go to spiritualists. She used to go to people like you. She was communicating, you know, with the the non-incarnate. And um, so, so that was there and uh but you know when you have a thing you don't know that it's unusual to have a thing until other people don't see things the same way you do (laughs) yeah when you bring it up oh people don't see names in color with feeling and sound (laughs) 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 you know what i mean so anyway no well what have my teacher joe and this is part of the reason that I had to listen to your voodoo. My teacher, Joe, was a priest in the Condomble, which is oh. out of Brazil, which is an extension of the African diaspora. And it was 1972 yes. that I started working mm-hmm. in New York City. So that was a huge part. The study of, of that religion was a huge part of it. It sounds very, you know, it's kind of odd for this waspy white woman to be absolutely compelled to this particular nature, religion, this deep spirituality, but it resonated. And mm-hmm. um, it wasn't until the 90s that I finally said, I've got to study the Celts because that's my heritage. I've got to put that together. And of course, all roads lead to Rome. They're all the same thing. It's just different names, different people, you know. Different- Agreed. Anyway, that was part of it, but um, my teacher, Joe, he did, oh God, it was a lot of work with um, everything from stones to oils to tarot at length, mm-hmm. everything approached by hand analysis, which is how I started out, because he was a firm believer that before you hung a shingle out, you needed to have, number one, a practice, you needed to have an art, and you needed to do it for five years. Oh, wow. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, he was extremely ethical, which I loved. Yeah. Um, uh, Now I tend to be, in my old age, I tend to be kind of skeptical uh, a lot, no offense. Same. No, no. Michelle and I, my, Michelle and I talk shit about people all the time. <laughs> a lot of times, men will get caught in the harem thing around. Somebody. Joe was gay, so this was not a. Yes. Oh yeah, we were just talking about someone like that. Yeah. So, yes. um, but anyway, so it was a huge, broad base of stuff, and there was also um, uh, the approach was always from the mystical. It was always, how do you take the multi-levels of consciousness and apply it to here? How do you make it practical? How do you, uh, he, he was, um, uh, he gave us the structure of the Huna tradition in terms of working with, you know, um, the inner child and the conscious mind and the superconscious mind and relating that to I when I when I ultimately went back to college because I had dropped out in my search uh did a lot of work with Jung because Jung overlapped that and mm-hmm. it was all about oh, right. and transpersonal counseling because that ha- they're all interrelated and you're dealing with archetypal images and you're dealing with certain styles of incarnational patterns that people would operate from mm-hmm. 
And I feel very blessed with all of it. Ultimately, uh, my life brought me to um, uh, uh, a program of learning to work with um, uh, a practical spiritual structure, hmm. 12 steps. I don't like to get too much into that, but because it only because of the traditions within the context of that. But the idea of taking consciousness, spiritual consciousness, and finding ways of making it applicable here, um, which to me has always been extremely critical. It's like we're dealing with, you know, it's not reaching. It's not trying to figure it out. It's not about evolving. It's not about someday. It's not goal-oriented. I mm -hmm. see that as very much a patriarchal concept mm -hmm. that, is, that operates on planet Earth. We have it already. It is there, all the levels of consciousness. We are simply remembering. Mm. And That's, that is a powerful, wow, yeah. Chick, that is powerful. Yeah. We, are, we are consciously yeah. remembering. Is that what you just said? Yeah, because we've chosen a body, and so it's a privilege to be incarnated into material form. And to, I think it's quite uh, an amazing thing that we take human spirit and negotiate with the animal soul mm. and say let's see if we can get 10 pounds of poop into a five pound <laughs> 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 uh, let's see how can we make this work and uh and in order to do it there needs to be this negotiation this respect for all these different levels of consciousness and the different aspects of being that we work from and it sounds uh, like you operate chick a lot from what my learning is um from like a shamanic point of view mm -hmm. so if you do a lot of like shaman work um or that was is part of the study it sounds exactly like that or if we were talking to barb um, right. your your background your training you know, i've spoken with this with different friends over the years um because you know there nowadays the whole concept of shamanism has just a huge i mean it's very loose it's very open it has right a lot of agreed yeah, I mean, at this point in my life, I don't see a lot of clients. I spend a great deal of time in meditation. I do a lot of my work on that other level because I think that's what needs to be for right now because we're in this mm -hmm. major watershed of consciousness. And mm -hmm. so some of us have to help keep the body alive while the surgery is going on. And there are plenty of people that can do a lot of the stuff that I've done, but you just need to take us some of us, the, some of us crones that are kicking around, some of us mm -hmm. old wise men, some of us who just have that, have more of a monastic leaning or whatever need to be working uh, to help hold the space, just well, hold the space. A lot of it's, but you know, honestly, Katie, the thing that I would say is more than a shaman, as I said, sort of in the beginning, I think karmically, and I think in terms of style, I'm much more geared to the priestess energy than I am yes. the shamanic energy. And I do because think it's because it you have so much like, more. It's temple, <laughs> it's group, it's, you know, it's create the, create this, it's a collective space. And yes, there's meditation and there's prayer and sometimes there may be drumming. Uh, but I don't know how to describe it other than, you know, and I mean, I have my stuff, my stones and my necklaces and my stuff. I love all that, you know, yes. very visual. <laughs> oh, we do. So, <laughs> so anyway, so, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, I get nervous about, I get nervous a lot about labels mm -hmm. because, and I understand that there's so much that is so expansive as human beings. We, find that it's much easier to be I've got to figure out how do I funnel this into a some kind of conglomeration that I can comprehend or there's always the issue there's yeah. always the issue of people wanting you to be the Barnes and Noble and give <laughs> them the label 
Yep. And, and when I say to somebody, well, you can be a multitude of things, you know, you don't, you're not just an empath or you're not just a, um, a shaman or a channeler. You can be layers of all of those. And it's a, it's a part of, as you evolve, what you're accepting or what you're, you're resonating with what you lean towards. And I do believe just like you said, Carl Jung, um, in synchronicity, I think that mm. certain people come in your path and you're never thinking of, you know, the priestess and all of a sudden you go, Oh, like I, even if you met the person on the sidewalk, you needed to meet them to get that in your head. And you're like, now I know. And now and I get it. And then you, you, it's like a tuning fork, yeah. that, that mm -hmm. vibration. And it's, it's just, I love well, yeah. it. Yeah, And it's like, the other thing is that, and it's karmic memory, and it's when you mm -hmm. meet other people who you've worked with karmically, you yes. know, from another time. You say, like, oh, hi. There you are. Yes. <laughs> and you, you have a style that has always been more your nature, you know what I mean? You, you know, uh, it, it, you just have to kind of go with that. It, I don't think it really matters all that much, but it's, but it is interesting. I think that it's easy for us to get caught up in the ego identification with something. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that if that comes out of, out of fear and it just creates limitation. On the other hand, I also feel that, that um, sometimes you've just got to make it easy, keep it simple and kind of just say, all right, let's just call it this and move on so we can have a frame of reference to use <laughs> as a foundation. And that's fine. You know, that's right. Okay. For a way for people to wrap their arms around it. And don't you think, um, like when you're doing a lot of readings or helping different people, what you're giving them and what's coming through you, it, it's almost different for each person because they need different things. Do you find that within your, yourself when you're working with people, uh, certain parts of your consciousness or your gifts are activated that that particular person may need? It's not the same for every person that you're working with. Oh, yeah. They're all different. And then there are certain, there are certain strands that you, you know, you have a run on with, you know, a whole bunch of people come in a row and it's a similar strand or you've been working on something yourself and then there they are, you know, that you keep hearing yourself say over and over again, what you need to hear yourself say, or something will come through. You're like, wow, I never thought about that. That really helps. <laughs> I figure right. out that together, you know, but right. I don't know. Keeping it, I try to keep it simple and just, just say, all right, what is, I just always, you know, highest and best, whatever's supposed to be, and, you know, allow that, that, that merging to happen. Because, you know, a, if a person comes in and, you know, probably 80% of the time when you're working with someone in, in the capacity that I work in, it's more, you know, they're concerned, they're worried about relationships, they're worried mm -hmm. about their jobs, they're worried about their career direction, they're worried about their parents. It's all, it's stuff that we would look at on some level and say mundane. Yeah. Everything that we experience is an opportunity to be reminded of who we really are. And none of it is trivial. All of those experiences are extremely important because those are all the things that enrich us, that remind us. I, you know, if I had to say, what is the point of a physical incarnation? And this is very simplistic, but I would say probably to learn to love in different yeah. ways. And okay, so, I, I'm like you know, so in love with you, I can't even stand it, Chick. I freaking love that. Adorable and perfect. Yes. <laughs> Every, I, really I tried, in different this ways. is all, everything is so vast, it's all so vast, it's all big, and it all gets complicated really quickly. And when I sit down with a person, a lot of times so much stuff gets thrown at them that they can be very overwhelmed, and I'm constantly trying to reduced it down to what are the easiest things what do they need to hear right now sometimes it'll come in and be like this is important this is what's going on with them but if you tell them that now it's not it's not the right time so what you need to do is make sure that the information is like preparatory or whatever mm -hmm. so <clears throat> um yeah uh i think the more the things can be made simple the better we, I reduced everything basically down to, is it coming from a place of love or is it coming from a place of fear? And fear incorporates everything from boredom to violence, to anxiety, to 
hatred to jealousy and all that. Uh, yeah, and we have a lot of it. And then we have love, which is that, you know, does it expand? Does it open? Does it, uh, you know, and we confuse them a lot, you know, infatuation and life, things that are fear-based, but I need and I want. And, uh, oh, and how many times, I've, and Michelle knows, <laughs> how many times out of fear, have and myself included, have you stayed in a relationship because mm -hmm. the fear was of it being wrong, you being wrong or it being wrong. And, and so the only thing that was really driving the relationship was really fear. And then right. all of a sudden, you have to basically love yourself enough to kind of go, oh, this is like I'm doing the, the motivation for all of this is completely off, it's off like scale. It's way wrong. So you, know, you Katie, said you're, what oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, if you're coming, you know, and you are, I mean, you're coming from that place of sincerity. There's that part of you that is basically saying on a high self level, look, you know, this relationship isn't working right, you know, put me where I need to be, make it work out. There is part of you that would intuitively know, know that, that you've gone as far as you can with it, that there is a point where you are hurting not only yourself, but the other person. Yes. Because there's, there's a level of stagnation or there's a level of reinforced behavior that um, is getting in the way of the unfoldment for either or both. Mm. And I think that as women are programming and uh, over several thousand years um, is, is very geared toward that sense of we must be able to um, love enough, incorporate enough, uh, fix, mm -hmm. nurture, help, hold. I think a lot of times in relationships, we just see this wounded being. And yeah. no matter how bizarre the behavior is, you think, oh, but I see this three-year-old who is so wounded and I Ugh. believe I can, you know, uh, yeah, and sometimes yes and sometimes no. <laughs> but usually no. <laughs> Usually um, no, right. Let's just make that clear. Usually no. Yeah, the bottom line is if it if it's something that is it is that it is a violation of the spiritual principle, mm. then you have to get out. You have to if you're if you if there's a part of you that knows, no, this is this is reinforcing some stuff that is just really involved. And so it's but it's also best to just so you as loving a way you, as you can. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oops. I tried to drag it around. Yeah, you and know, and just you recreate it in the next one. Right, and if you can just do what you the best you can do and lovingly let go when you can't be there anymore, mm -hmm. and then everyone can move forward, mm -hmm. gaining from the situation rather than being, you know, rewounded by it in a right. sense. Yeah. So how does an emotional intuitive um, work or what, what is the, the um, kind of like the, give us the definition. It's the first time I've ever heard it and I am fascinated. I've been called everything. I mean, you know, it's like it, that's just an easy sort of a way to put it. I'm essentially an empath. I really struggle with emotional okay. boundaries with other people. I really, I take, on stuff and get drained and don't know how to settle. I, codependence is my middle name. <laughs> I have a real hard time with with boundaries and getting you know very depleted with it. And so where the the and that's not an uncommon thing. Uh, I can identify always you know with the other person, but and. An emotional intuitive is when you take this, the energy of the empath and it's kind of like you graft onto it your understanding of consciousness, your ability to recognize the divinity that is that, uh -huh. that operates within both you but is expressing differently in each, like if I'm talking like a client or a family member or something. And there's a, a, a point of saying, all right, how can I graft onto this situation a body of information, a collection of, you know, go into my collective computer in my being mm. and, and get the strands of stuff that are going to be supportive of this person. And in my case, the way I do that mm -hmm. is um, 
I work from the sound of the name. Mm. To me, mm -hmm. to me, the basic energy in the universe is sound. Most of it is inaudible physically, but everything, color and everything. And there's so many colors we can't even physically see yet. Yet. <laughs> Our perceptions are still pretty dense, but that's okay. These things work out. Um, and taking a person, uh, I don't believe that time exists outside of the, this plane and nor does space. These are all constructs we use uh, for physical incarnation. So the person, I don't have to like the person that's there, but I need to love that person. Yes. And, and when I was learning Reiki, that was really helpful because that really helped me to get, and it's not, you know, there are some people that you meet and you feel like, Wow, this, this is a tricky energy. How do I move around this? That's why I respect what you gals do. It's like when somebody comes to me and they're like, you know, this is going on. There's this really heavy. I'm thinking like, can we just, you know, give our government to Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> Clear the astral shit that has glommed on to the... Oh, in mind, getting into the, oh, I'm going to pick through the garbage today. And you can do that. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> don't think that I want to. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so it's the kind of thing where once I have a birth name and it, everything comes in visually and, and auditorially, so I get a lot of colors. I get my, all numbers and letters have color to them that mm. have emotion attached. To them. That's just the way. So I, from a childhood chick, did you? Oops. I think she's asking, did you have, have you had this happen since childhood with the colors attached to numbers and letters? Yeah. So that's always that's your thing. Yeah. That wasn't something that you were taught necessarily. It's just the way those are your spidey senses. Okay. Yeah, those are there. And, and of course, over time and when you use it, it, it defines. Katie, um, I have found with kids with or like they can read auras and, and I'm gonna clear. Katie. I'm not hearing her. I'm not very young her. age assigning color to. Um, I, I think what Katie's saying um, is that a lot of kids. Um, when they're little can can read auras and they assign uh, like emotions to colors. Did you see auras as a youngster? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, well, I that's honest. I know odd things would happen. Like people would be like, well, you know, I would say, who's that person sitting in the chair? Yeah. And, and find out later that that person had died three years before I was born, yeah. kind of thing. But, and that, I didn't put that together till I was much older. Mm. And I don't, you know, it's an interesting thing. I don't, I honestly can't tell you. If somebody said to me, um, well, what color is so-and-so? And I would, I would probably say, well, they're this color or that color, this combination, or it depends on the day or, the, you know. Right. So it does come up. I mean, there are times I have people sitting in my meditation room and they're just vibrating certain colors very strongly. But that is something that um, I learned to allow myself to recognize. Plus, when I sit down to work with someone, I move into a different place in consciousness. Oh, so yeah. I can do it, you know, right. so that I can right. go around them. They have to let me get around them. And that's important because... Do you get a lot from dream? Sometimes, Michelle. Oh, no, go ahead, Katie. Yeah. I, I wanted to know if she was getting a lot in dreams and if it's like, um, if that is part of her method, Chick, if that's part of your method. Um, not a strong part. I do an awful lot of processing through dreams, but I wouldn't say that they're highly precognitive. Okay. I mean, they go by streaks, mm. you know? It'll go by streaks where, you know, this past year I was getting Nazi dreams all the time. That was just freaking me out. But, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's sort of like there's an emotional tone. 
I just always assume that if that stuff's there, things are being worked out. Yeah, that's you what know. I assume. I, I tend not to get hopeless when a lot of people seem to go down a rabbit hole of hopelessness. I, I just, you know, if I start to go there, I, I've got like my dad and spirit will come through and say, what are you doing? You know, that's not what this means. Just, you know, step back. And you said something interesting about having to go into a different state of consciousness when you're doing your work. And I find that sometimes, like I'm doing clearing work during during a reading or during, and maybe it's just clearing, I'll have my eyes closed and I'll open them. And it's the weirdest sense of falling back into my body because I've not been in there. And I realized by what you said, I have been around that person, but in their spirit form rather than their physical form. It's just, I didn't even realize it until you mentioned it. And it's so important that they allow you into their space because I've had people that want to come for a reading, but they don't really want a reading. <laughs> it's, it, you know what I mean? Or they don't, they're coming for the work, but they don't want to do the work. And, and those are the most difficult. Mm, that's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Here's a concept. Here's something that will help you with that because mm -hmm. It's, and this is actually, this is something that, that came through when I was working with Huna. Generally speaking, when somebody comes and sits down in front of me, I am so non-threatening that it's not a problem. Mm. Because, you know, they, it's the inner child that has to trust you because little her or little him is when it's going to give up the information because they're on the astral, which mm -hmm. is where the emotions are, mm. the closest uh, it's the most dense of the non-material bodies. So you can have an inspiration from a much higher level in consciousness or from somewhere, from somewhere in the mental bodies. But in order for it to get into the physical, it has to go through the astral. So the key is you got to get the kid on your side, the subconscious. I love kids. The four-year-old self. So the maternal side I'm, unless they have real issues with the mother, not a problem. Generally, you can, you can feel it. You can feel where someone has let go and they're allowing you to sort of embrace them mm. energetically. Now, one of the things I've observed is once in a while, I always get a kick out of this one, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure you've run into this, where you, the wife and the girlfriend have been regulars for a really long time. And I've got to send my husband. I've got to send my boyfriend. He really needs to come see you. Yep. <laughs> okay, so in comes the salesman. He's done Gale, Dale Carnegie. He's got the... So <clears throat> you know how some, you get people who have the energies that are, Hi, yep. here I am. How are you? Oh. <laughs> Little Susie Cream Cheese has told me so much about you. I'm really excited to meet you. This is really great. And he's, his child is like. Just all crinkled up like a raisin. Oh, nobody's getting in here. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yes. You know, boy, and, you know, know exactly. Bedroom, so you won't pay attention to me and I can just get through this and go home. And, <laughs> yes. Um, Yes. So what I have found works best in a situation, because you can read that so fast, and what, one of the things that I have learned right away is to just sit down with them, engage in conversation. The more they relax, the more they realize this is, you know, really a non-threatening thing. This is not going to be fortune-telling. This is not anything goofy. We're just going to have a conversation. I'm just taking a look at your energy only to the degree that it, you're comfortable with. And I'm not even saying that to him. It's happening mm -hmm. on another level. Mm. It's where <clears throat> I always say, I've heard me say this, Michelle, my people talk to your people. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. So we're sitting down with each other, and it's sort of like, okay, the folks that are working with me and the other levels of consciousness that are working with me, they're working, there's a reason why this person's energy, his folks negotiated this part, these other parts of him negotiated with him to be there. There's something that he wants to hear. And I'm not making stuff up. <laughs> I'm mirroring him on right. some level. And so it's that, it's that whole experience of, um, of comfort. And, you know, I mean, well, of course, you know, Michelle, I mean, I can't, I can't work with somebody without a pot of tea. Right. It's winter, they have to have a blanket. And, you know, oh, yes. 
it's you, know, you know, it's, <laughs> it's beautiful. That's not a fabricated thing. That's just what I do. But <laughs> that seems to work. Mm. Uh, and these folks, it takes about maybe 10 minutes or so, and they kind of relax, and you sort of move in on the side or the angles that are the least threatening. And nice. in my head, I'm looking at the, the five-year-old. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's really okay, honey. I'm not here to, you know, to scare you, to freak you out. You know? Chick, you said something about my people will talk to your people, which mm -hmm. is exactly, obviously, how we do this in um, mediumship work or any of this. But are you um, on your, first of all, I want to know about your daily practices. I think our listeners would be fascinated to know what you have created for yourself that's sacred every day to raise your energy, to um, increase your vibration. And then when you are in that and you're working with a client or you were working, talking, are you speaking to their dead? Is your dead talking to their dead or is it your spirit guides or do you work with angels? So give us an idea of the nuts and bolts of your process. Well, the, if it's, when I talk about my people talking to your people, <laughs> <laughs> it can be all of the above it just, okay i never yep. know once in a while you got you know grandma's just pounding on my head saying you just got to tell her this right, right. okay fine you know <laughs> it's not like i'm i'm not sitting around sorting that out i i kind of want to go into that person's energy stream and what's in that energy stream, whatever is for their highest and best, there's always stuff that's there. Somebody may come in and they think, all right, I'm here because I really want to work out this particular issue. And we're talking about something totally different that comes up right off the bat, which is really either behind that issue they think they had or, or it's really what's the most important thing now. Interesting. And, you know, and the more they're, they're open to the better. And sometimes there can be an angelic sense. It's not uncommon to feel a very right. deep, loving form of guidance standing with a person, mm -hmm. standing behind them. Yes. Now, sometimes I can take this too, because I think it's, it's all one thing anyway. And we give them all different, you know, all different cognitions. But yes, and at different times, you have different level, different expressions that are working with different people, just as we have them working with ourselves. You may have a, you know, a lifelong guide that's always there or a totem that's always hanging out with you or that protects you or whatever, but then there are certain times that it's more of one thing than another. Or you may go into a meditation, you're being taught by a particular guide or a particular, you know, for a period right. of time. Is that a person who I knew from before? To, if I'm putting it in a time frame, is it, another part of myself mm. it, it, to me none of that matters it's the content of the information that's mm. important that's interesting yeah always, that's that's yeah. a very good point yeah and it's always the expression of gratitude i figure you know you're going to be what's going to present is what is going to be useful so whatever context is going to be is going to make it easier for me to glean the information and present it or to use it myself in terms of understanding Hmm. what do, you know so you know from all your work and from your studies that it's always about intention so it's always okay. that sense of you know you talk about daily practice it's just an ongoing intention of you know use me for the, the best you know just use me and so what is your daily what is your daily practice to get to that part uh, where you're basically a hollow bone okay i just um I meditate a lot. All right. I do. I also, I do transcendental, medit transcendental meditation. Nothing, mm. none of the, none of the higher levels of it, the cities and all that kind of stuff. I don't do. My husband is a TM teacher and he does all the advanced levels of TM and everything, which that's his practice. That's, you know, and right. years he tried to get me to be more with that. And it just doesn't resonate with me. Right. But basic TM twice a day 20 minutes first thing in the morning then late in the afternoon early evening it chills me out because i'm very high strong by nature <laughs> um 
what else do I do? I have a meditation room. I keep an altar. I'm a Corona Reiki master teacher. So I have a Reiki grid, if you're familiar with Reiki. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I go in. At, pardon? Yeah, every yeah. morning I every morning I go in, I do candles, I have incense, I have my stones, I have the Reiki grid, I do the room and the whole nine. I give and of course I had a Cuban teacher, so I have Florida water and I have, you know, so <clears throat> it's a combination of all those elements, but every day I anchor myself in my meditation room. Every day. Mm-hmm. I have, I call it my witch basket. I have a basket that has miniature duplicates of everything. So when I go on vacation, wherever I go, I've got the whole nine. I've got miniature wands that I can, I got all kinds of, because when I do, if I'm doing Reiki with someone, I do a lot of work with crystals and I have uh, uh, crystals underneath the table mm-hmm. that are lined up. Does. Here the, uh, what do you call <laughs> Um, the, the point the chakras they're all lined up under the chakras but I can't think what you call them anyway all, they all point up so that as the person's lying down here but I do you know we, you, I use wands I, I combine it all anyway um, but for daily practice yeah that's 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 what I do and when you walk into their house for you know I, I've been there for chick and I've been there um, for the homeopathic uh, stuff with Tim it, it's like walking you can feel the shift when you walk it mm-hmm. even once you get out of the car because it's you know, gardens and beautiful everything you walk into the house and the way it feels you can just feel the sacred the moment you walk through their door so we both meditate else, a lot and I get a lot of my meditation is in the middle of the night mm. Mm. You know, I, a lot of times I'll wake up and then spend two hours uh, getting information. A lot of that I really love because people are asleep. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the energy, you know how I'm sure you've, you two feel it. Come six o'clock, people are going home from work. Of course, now it's kind of different with COVID, but the energy changes, the sun goes down, it gets quiet. Oh, so spot on. Buzzed, you know what I mean? It's just not as buzzed. A magic quiet time that you're yeah. almost feeling it for yourself. Though. Oh, yes. And I just love that. You know, like the middle of the night, yeah. that just that works very, very well. And yeah. I keep, I tend to find that in uh, just naturally, I create shrines. I think every single room in my house, including the bathrooms, have some form of goddess shrine in them. <laughs> oh, jeez. There's, I have Mary's, I mean, but no, no. I mean, I, we have a beautiful fireplace and that's an incredibly sacred place. We, the name of our business is Mother Hearth Resources. And so the whole, the relationship with the hearth is a very, you know, that's an important thing. Um, my spiritual orientation in terms of more ritual is more ocean oriented. So in terms of daily ritual, like if when we go on vacation, uh, I'm a Cape Cod addict and I have to get, <laughs> oh, to yeah. here. and I will do offerings. I do offerings to the ocean. And, mm. and so anything that is ritually oriented like that grounds me. It puts me in that place. I see, I might see Kuan Yin with one of my gigantic, you know, crystal matrixes next to her in the bedroom or the green Tara on the mantle and she's got the rose quartz and all, you know, so everywhere I go, it's just this, remember who you are, remember who you are, remember who you are. I'm getting chills. I all, I wear, I have my crystal that I, wear all the time that never comes off but i have different things like that again they're physical but they carry an energy for me that constantly reminds me uh people there are people who've known me for many years that don't realize that i wear different colors every single day every day of the week has its own color because it is a it is vibrant the color is connected to the energy of that particular divinity Oh. And so it reminds me to think of 
yeah, today is a, this is a warrior day. This is, you know, it's a Tuesday. It's a warrior day. It's a, this is Monday. It's the day of the moon. It's the, one of the goddesses. It's the, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's that kind of totally integrated, totally integrated into the life, but is definitely part of the daily practice. People Love could it. look at it and they could, you know, it would be easy to see it as, um, you know, uh, uh, superstitious or I don't I'm not in a thing where oh if I don't do this oh, all hell's gonna break loose and the gods are gonna come down on me and the sky's gonna fall no that's because my divine consciousness loves me <laughs> I'm a mommy in real life right right oh yes you are you know and I would no more think to injure my children emotionally or physically. I would never consciously do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, who right. knows what I've done consciously, but <laughs> That's never the consciously. Of being a mom. <laughs> and, I, you know, and I was blessed in this lifetime. I chose to incarnate through a woman who was incredibly loving. Mm. So, so that's, you know, that really is the whole divine mother piece is, is a big part of it. I'm very, I, I'm personally identified with all the rituals that I do each day that all stem from the Divine Mother. And if you ask me what I thought my life's work is, I would say that it is to work with the feminine polarity mm. to help bring, not that polarity exists on other levels of consciousness, but there's so much that's being done to heal the divine, the feminine side to bring us into balance, both in men and in women. It doesn't matter because we're all everything all the time and we contain 100%. So, <clears throat> but it's that feeling of the, 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 the call, the pull is to be of assistance with healing that polarity. So when you ask what, are the, what is the daily ritual, that's, you know, that's a huge part of it. That is a part of it. And as time has gone on, there are things, you know, like I've been a vegan for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And that is a choice I made because I just can't eat animals, you know? Right. It, it's just, and I'm not saying that people who do are bad or wrong or anything. It's just Personal. what resonates with me and what doesn't resonate with me. Right. You know, for other people, it would be something else that they need to abstain from. And I would think, really, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so all of these, just, these are just frameworks or structure that are helpful tools for human spirit working within the context of the density of the material plane. Wow. So that really very, very true. I agree with that. Yes. So do your children have this chick? Do they have the sight, the gift? Uh, in, di in, in different ways, in very, very different ways. Although at this point in their, they, they, of course, they grew up with it. And they, you know, we, they grew up with weird parents. And so <laughs> yeah. for them, the vocabulary it's natural the vocabulary is natural and they will refer to things like creating this or you know uh that's interesting i wonder what the density is about that or you know they <laughs> they will use the terminology and have a frame of reference for it but at this point neither i have two one of each and they're both in their 30s neither one of them uh actively have a you know work that is you know specifically that when they were very small children uh you know we didn't discourage any of the stuff so it's interesting because i was talking with my son <clears throat> yesterday who has all kinds of war karma and uh, uh, uh big time and um we were talking about this thing we'd seen on Netflix and a friend he'd gone to high school with her mom happened to be featured in it. And, you know, she was a suicide and this kind of thing. We were talking about this and then there was a whole section on it about children. And uh, I was talking about, you know, when he was a little boy, the kinds of stuff 
that he would that he would do um the the, the night terrors and that and then right. teaching him how to cope with that and right and, okay honey you know, call in superman and batman and the ninja turtles mm -hmm. and have them stand by your back you know, <laughs> just give them the language right uh but you know the stuff that we didn't nobody told me i never pushed anything on either one of them it's just do what feels right to you oh. would i love to see it evolve i think my son down the road will open to something else he he works much more in a fear-based place around certain things right now so okay. he needs to keep in a, in a format my daughter has that as well she's miss she's a nature girl mm -hmm. and they she will uh, you know both of them see things both of them but they don't you know it's not like they're ready to hang out a shingle or anything else even <laughs> though you know she's a she's a level two reiki you know i did drag her along <laughs> <laughs> some of the stuff we can't help but make our kids be a part of you're gonna sit right here and get smudged and shut your mouth <laughs> i mean when my son was getting you know like he'd have a headache and she's migraine point prone which we're that's another reality yes it is all of this right it is right so but he would wake up in the morning and say, oh, geez, man, I got such a headache today. And before he went to school, he would just sit there and I would, you know, hands on the head and everything. The headache could go away. I mean, he knows to think that way. Or right. they'll call the house and they'll say, hey, dad, you need to have a remedy for blah, 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 blah. Or, you know what I mean? They're just used yeah. to that. But nobody has, uh, has declared it their thing. Yeah, I don't think any of my kids, I mean, they've all done, have, they all have some gifts, but... Uh, some of them are putting them in the back burner for sure. And well, Junior, as you know, Didi so well, and he's, uh, yeah. he goes, you know, I'm just not seeing the ghost anymore. He goes, I know when they're here, but I don't have to see them anymore. I've dialed it up that way, which is an interesting way of hearing that, that he had dialed it up. And, uh, but you never know. I, I, I've seen it ebb and flow. Right. And what they utilize and what they don't i've gotten the the 3 a.m text there's a ghost in my apartment can you clear it please <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. funny it's yeah. funny it's, it's, it's great to watch i'll say well you know what to do in a situation like that you know how to take care of that or you know how to work you know you know how to work with that so are you feeling the effects or do you typically feel the effects chick of um like the the moon this week the full moon coming mm -hmm. in i am feeling it Started yeah. feeling it last week. Sometimes more than others. Uh, mm. What has really gotten me going was um, uh, the all this this intense astrological collective astrological mm. energy that started last mm. spring mm -hmm. and has yes. COVID and is now starting to go out. But you know, Mars moved into Aries on January sixth or yeah. out, of Aries, in, out of Aries into Taurus, and that's when the insurrection occurred. And then on the 20th, with the inauguration, you had the, 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 the you know, this big, a lot, Jupiter. I mean, all this stuff is going on. As a matter of fact, I have a friend that's a great astrologer, if you're interested in oh, doing Which, if she'd like to be on, because we would love to have her on. Yeah, she, and she would she can carry on about all that. But um, Oh, I'd love it. We would love it. Yes, please, please, please. Um, but, yeah, so in terms of, it's a very good point. I like to be in moonlight. I like to stand in moonlight. I like Me it too. when moonlight comes in the windows. But I, honestly, Katie, it depends. Some months more than others. Mm. Yeah, some months it just feels everything is magnetic and everything is writ large it is other yes. times yeah, like, sometimes it just feels like like a little like mm, okay oh it's the full moon i almost forgot and then this one literally started like a week ago and i was like i better check the calendar this thing is coming and one of the things I read about today, um, it's moving into Leo, and I'm a Leo. It's moving into Leo, and it's um, um, saying that it's a lot to do with anger management. <laughs> you know, but for everybody, like, be careful about how you speak, because I think part of this is Mercury is going retrograde again. Oh, geez. Oh. 
I'm more yeah. inclined to notice that where I'll say, geez, you know, like after, you know, the, the, the goofy stuff that goes with Mercury retrograde. Oh, geez, yeah. This and the funk and then how come the computer and I say, is Mercury retrograde? Yes, that's what I usually do. It's like, oh, yeah, it is. Look at this. It's more inclined to be that, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, I, Chick, I cannot thank you enough for being our guest tonight. You have no idea for um, people that are in the biz what a special treat this was to finally meet you, even though it was via Zoom. You were an inspiration to, to us. Really uh. an inspiration. And I must tell our, our listeners that um, I, I won't um, do anything to say anything about what your age would even be, but you have gorgeous skin and gorgeous hair. So if it's um, working with spirit that does that, I think everybody, ought, or meditating, <laughs> ought to get on the bandwagon because... <laughs> Guys, so she sweet. looks You're so awesome. Sweet. No, I'm very old. <laughs> shut up. I'm, a, I'm an elder. Oh. I'm, I'm working on the definition. I'm an elder. Oh. I'm a crone and proud of it. I'm yeah, a crone and proud of it. You look absolutely gorgeous. And the whole time I'm like, oh, I love her hair. When I let my hair go finally gray, which I will not for a long time. Um, yes, but see, Leo, I have Leo on the ascendant. I'm a Leo rising. So, and I don't have the patience. I never had the patience to color my hair. So it just, it's what it is. But you've got your lion's mane. You just it's, see? It's that, thank you. That's mane. my deal. I got it. I can't, I can't let the, the white come out yet and play. <laughs> Not yet. Yes. Most of the time, you, what you just did with the big hair, and Michelle knows, most of the time, that's the way my hair is. It's humongous, and it just, the more I get, like, feisty, the bigger it gets. Yeah, Today, it's yeah. Crazy. If you get frustrated or irritated or emotional, so boom, I don't know how it happens. It's like you're <laughs> I don't know. We've, we've done shows, and all of a sudden, like, I can see myself, like, on a monitor, and I'll be doing live shows. And as I'm getting around the room, my hair started in some kind of a formed fashion. <laughs> and I'll look up at a monitor and my hair has gotten bigger and bigger. Like it just got like energetic along with me. Most of the time, it's not a good look. I look like the girl from Brave. <laughs> <laughs> Merida. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, that's it. That's exactly it. But um, again, thank you so, so much for being well, with us tonight. Thank you very much for inviting me on. This is great fun. You're both loves and you're doing such valuable work. More power to you. Oh, appreciate oh, that. I, I think, think we ought to have you and your hubby back together. Together. I think you guys should have your oh, own God. show. Oh, my God. Would you guys talk? Never get a word in edgewise. Either one of us with everybody to get it. We Would need you? about five hours. <laughs> Would you guys talk about transcendental meditation sometime? Would you be interested oh, in doing that? He might. He might. Oh. He, might he, he is part of the TM Center locally. Okay. Um, but what he, you know, he, you know, what we love to talk about is consciousness. It's really about consciousness. But he's like a, that. Tim is a born teacher. That's really his strength is that he teaches. Even as a he's so well spoken too. He was awesome him, on the show. Because I mean, yeah, he was an English teacher by profession. Mm -hmm. he, um, he uh, is a born teacher, no matter what it is. If you come to see him for homeopathy, he will teach you homeopathy. <laughs> Am I right, Michelle? Yeah, oh, you're yeah. so right. You and have I to have an Because it's always something new. And he knows that I, I, I'm a student of pretty much anything I can get my hands on. He'll say, you know, I found out this. I was like, oh, let me learn about that. It's just so exciting. You know what? This is a weird, trivial thing. Last time I spoke with him, or two times ago, we realized that we both took the same class at SUNY Albany with the same professor. And, you know, our age difference is, you know, there. And we both took the Arthurian legend class at SUNY Albany with, I think it was Professor Stauffer or Stommer, because he was talking about it. And the guy had a walrus mustache and a cane. Isn't that the craziest thing? All those years later that he was teaching the same class. It's like, oh, my God, that's hysterical. I love, love it. synchronicity, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All working game. like that. Well, thank you again, Chick. Thank you. Great to have you back. And please say yeah. hi to Tim for us. Absolutely. Stay healthy. Absolutely will. Thank, thank you, ladies. Thank you. And thank you, Dennis. <laughs> so once again, to our listeners, thank you all so much for joining us. And please.
continue to share us and subscribe and like us and send us your ideas and your suggestions for the show. We love it. And um, good night to all of you. Uh, Good night, D. Scott. Good night. (laughs) Good night, Michelle. Good night, Katie. All right. Love you guys. Thank you. Oh